0: I'm Romaine Johnston. And I'm Sandra Filliodo. And we'll be your hosts on this podcast series.
1: Orange presents My Inspiration. Here's what you can expect from each of the seven episodes we will be airing.
0: Each month, you'll discover an honest conversation on key aspects of what it means to better own your career and your self-development.
1: Some real-life examples taken from Romaine's coaching experience and our own lives, as well as tools to help you better understand yourself, others, and your relationship. We'll always wrap up
0: with a practical exercise for you to start implementing the concepts in your own life.
1: Our ambition is for you to feel energized and empowered after listening to these episodes. So enjoy and share with anyone you think may benefit from the episodes. Of course, I'm not biased. Hi, Romaine. Hi, Sandra. Hi. So today's topic is, is a topic that fascinates me. Um, we're going to talk about unconscious bias Um, That unconscious bias has gotten a lot of attention recently, especially in the context of gender diversity. So let's dive in immediately. And I think you wanted to start with a test.
0: Yeah, that's right. So we've decided to always have a test uh, in our podcast. Mm -hmm. And this time we're going to start with it rather than finish with it. Um, So um this great little test was designed by Media Partners, which is an organization based in Washington, in the state of Washington in the U.S., um, and this test is for listeners too. So uh, listen carefully, Sandra, and all of you listen very carefully and we'll then share what happens for you. So, Sandra, how do you feel about a person who goes to church? Goes hunting, votes for the other candidate, doesn't eat meat, has tattoos, wears a headscarf, doesn't believe in marriage, takes up two seats in the bus, owns an electric car, didn't go to university, doesn't speak English, doesn't have a job. Wears a hoodie. Voted for Brexit. Is over sixty years old. Has a beard. Loves small dogs.
1: So, how did that feel, Sandra? Um, I could, I could feel myself tense up at certain at certain moments, and um, and had images of stereotypes pop into my mind um, mm. when you mentioned certain others. Mm. and tell me were you conscious of your brain sorting people into groups absolutely definitely
0: yeah Mm -hmm. so it's kind of a a them and us happening tell me a little bit more about these uh these groups
1: the the them and us um yeah like definitely so so it's yeah you, you can well first of all you you put yourself into one of those categories so when you mentioned you know go you you either do or you don't do the things that you mentioned or it's definitely you you put yourself into into a category really that's right and if you're not in that category Mm. how do you see the others different
0: um, Mm. potentially
1: potentially threatening depending Mm. on on how you feel on the different topics that you mentioned but yeah Mm. different Mm. You know what? It it reminds me of um, a test that Tina Nielsen did in her TED talk on nudge behavior for a more inclusive world. I know you love Tina Nielsen as much as I do. Yeah. yeah. And she showed two pictures. One was of a man with a bald head and a beard, not particularly smiling. And, And the other picture was that of a smiling man in a suit. And then she asked people in the audience to rate the two men in terms of whether they made them feel safe and whether they trusted the men wanted to do them good. So I'm not going to spoil, but the results were just amazing and eye-opening in terms of identifying our own biases and prejudice. Um, so, so what is unconscious bias? What's the mechanism that's a, at play in our minds when we do this? When we sort yeah. people?
0: So, so yeah, and, and thank you for having uh, for having mentioned Tina Nielsen because indeed it's somebody who's very important to me in the context of uh, unconscious bias, and I was lucky enough to to meet her in Paris and to attend one of her conferences and have a chat with her um, so so what's unconscious bias so so unconscious bias if you like refers to to the quick assessment or judgments uh, that we make about situations and people just like you did there spontaneously. Um, it's often defined as prejudiced or unsupported judgments in favor of okay in favor mm-hmm. of or against one thing one person or one group because we often think of it against someone, a bias, but it can mm. be in favor of huh? Um, and so it's right. in a way that's usually considered unfair, but uh, but it could be inclusive and therefore unfair to others as a result of that. Um, so as a result of bias, uh, unconscious bias, certain people benefit mm. and others are obviously penalized. Mm. Um, and so. Yeah, I'm sure that all of us are thinking, oh, yeah, I've been victim of that. But actually, we're not only victims of unconscious bias. We are all, and I promise you, all perpetrators, actors, Mm -hmm. if you like,
1: of unconscious Mm -hmm. bias all the time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, even if we don't like to admit it, but we are. Um, And I'm guessing this has to do with something that's going on in the brain that we're not quite aware of. Can you explain the mechanism?
0: Yeah, absolutely. So the, the human brain is a kind of pattern-making machine. Um, it sorts visual clues, verbal clues, behavioral cues. In other words, it's, it's what it sees, what it hears, and what it experiences, okay? And it puts them into kind of boxes. And this sorting helps us, for example, to quickly, and quickly is the operative word, uh, to <laughs> quickly determine whether someone is friendly or hostile. And that goes back to what we discussed in episode four of, the, of my inspiration podcast, uh, stress management. It's all about basic survival. So, so just to, to remind you in a few words what we talked about, we're all familiar with the image of a lion devouring a prey. I mean, you know that picture too, don't you, Sandra?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And the notion that's associated with it is fight or flee. What do we do when we see a lion? Do we fight huh? or do we flee? Do mm-hmm. uh, we run away? You see, uh, so you see something or someone that you see as dangerous, you shy away from it or you run away from it. But in the same way, you see someone or something that you've processed, that your brain has processed as reassuring, you're drawn to them, you're attracted to them, you want to go towards them. You've got a you've got a positive unconscious bias. So, um, and research has shown, and these figures are from Encyclopedia Britannica, that our body sends. Wait for this our body sends our brain 11 million bits per second of information. 11 million bits wow. of information per second. And yet the brain can only process 50 of them. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, so much of the brain, what the brain does, goes beyond our own awareness, and uh, which means that our, in fact our unconscious mind So beyond what we're conscious of processes 200,000 times more information than our frontal lobes, which is what we call the neocortex, you know, Um, Mm -hmm, and everything mm -hmm. moves so fast. So and so why does the brain go into these patterns as a uh, why does the brain act as a as a pattern making machine, if you like? Why? Why why do we do that? Because we, we form neural pathways and these neural pathways become stronger every time these associations are recognized mm. and unconsciously confirmed, if you like. So so, um, so that's what we call hardwiring. So we see white male engineers, our brains learn that engineers are white and male. Mm. Does, that, does that make
1: sense? It does, it does.
0: And so, and so in fact, it's actually pleasing to the brain, it's reassured, if you like, Uh, when this association is confirmed. So if they see a white male engineer, well, they're reassured. So it just reinforces, if you like, the bias. It's it's a confirmation of something that's ringing a bell for the brain. Mm. Mm -hmm. So on the other hand, if we use the same example, if we come across an Asian female engineer, it challenges our unconscious association. And it's slightly unsettling, even if we're not conscious of being unsettled. It doesn't quite fit... And as a result, we are more likely to, we don't necessarily do it every time, but we are more likely to unconsciously bias against the Asian female engineer. I mean, isn't that crazy? Mm. So, so we all develop kind of unintentional people preferences, if you like. Mm.
1: But, but so if our brains are wired for this bias... Yeah. What can we do about it? I mean, is the key, for example, um, making unconscious bias as conscious as possible to tone down its impact? Because there's there's the bias itself, but then there's the impact that it has on our behavior, which is the more problematic part.
0: Yeah, absolutely. You're, you're spot on. So
1: how do we react because of that? What do we say? What do right. we do? Yeah, because we can't help the unconscious bias. That's just the way our brain is meant yeah. to work. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: Except that you're absolutely right. We can consciously try to rewire our neural pathways, we can learn to think differently. We can learn to check Mm -hmm. ourselves. We can learn to not jump to conclusions. So in effect, we can learn to slow right down our decision-making process. And it's a gentleman called Daniel Kahneman in his book, Thinking Fast and Slow, which uh, is dated 2011, I think, who popularized Mm -hmm. the notion of two systems in the human mind. He calls them systems one thinking and systems two thinking. So systems one thinking is when we operate automatically and quickly with little or no effort uh, and with no sense of voluntary control. We just Mm -hmm. hear something, see something, we just decide. So that systems one thinking is a kind of danger detector. It has its purpose. It's very useful. It's there Mm -hmm. to set up an alarm bell in our heads when we're in danger. But it is prone to, to error. Whenever we do anything too fast, we make mistakes, don't we? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's okay in a life or death situation, obviously because it's going to save us, but it's not brilliant in our normal relationships, whether at work or in the private sphere, because we can misinterpret what's happening. Or we can base it on an experience which actually is actually quite different to what we're experiencing it now. And so that's for systems one thinking. And so systems two thinking, on the other hand, is slow and conscious. Systems two thinking requires an effort. It requires intention. It requires focus. And it is based on deduction rather than automation. So you have to slow the automation right down, gather some facts and figures, and then make a deduction. So it's much more reliable. But it requires time, and it requires a conscious desire, as I said, to check oneself, slow down, to challenge our first impressions about something or someone, you know? Hearing Mm -hmm. about that white male engineer sounds coherent. It doesn't come across as bizarre in our head. That's Mm -hmm. systems one thinking at work. But if we make an effort to not be surprised or to be curious about what's happening when you're seeing or hearing an Asian female engineer, that system's too thinking at work. Do, do you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, Absolutely. so you, can see, you can see that unconscious judgments and prejudices rather than protecting us from danger can actually sometimes lead us to label and stereotype. And you use that word stereotype when I did the test. Um, mm-hmm. that, that results in prejudice and discrimination and rejection of a particular community, a particular
1: them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, So, so, but where do all these unconscious associations and unintentional people preferences, where do they come from?
0: Okay. So, so a little bit like values that we talked about in our first podcast, um, they come, of course, from, from nature and nurture. So they come from our socialization and from experience mainly in terms of, um, in terms of what we're talking about. So we're talking about media exposure. We're talking about family. We're talking about school we're talking about friends, we're talking about what we have experienced, our life experiences, talking about world work culture as well, you know, and all that, all those elements together, over time, construct our systems one thinking world, if you like, they create our neuron connections, neural connections, and, and that's how we become hardwired to have certain ideas about people
1: and about situations. It's funny. I, 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 there's an example I'd like to share, a very recent one. So we're, yeah. we're recording this in the context of, of a global pandemic and of people being um, in their own homes and, and struggling to fit in, you know, caring for kids and, and work and everything. And um, my my son's teacher shared a, a, a little video that was uh, done by uh, the Playmobil yep. company um, to explain the virus to, to children. And, um, it's very, it's, it's a very nice video. I mean, it's, it's a great um, way of explaining to them, you know, what's going on and how the virus, uh, um, sort of moves from one person to the other. And as a, uh, as a firm, you know, believer in, um, an equal sharing of household tasks and work and, and stuff like that, I was shocked be- the, the, the characters in the, in the movie, the yeah. little you know, little Playmobil characters, the, they were showing, so the the, the mother's cooking <laughs> and the father's working, oh. um, you know, while the kids are playing. And I thought, geez, you know, this is 2020. I know. Um, and, and they're still showing that, that example of, you know, the father's working, the mother's cooking. And I thought, you know, well, if, if it's joking, yeah, it is. And, and that's, and that's, you know, going back to your example on media exposure and that contributes to hardwiring into people's brains that that's what men are supposed to do. And that's what women are supposed to do. Yeah. Anyway, just a quick example that just no, to show that how, yeah. how that how those wirings are, are reconfirmed. And which leads me to my next question, because y- you talked about different kinds of biases, which are the are the most common ones that we um, that we uh, that we experience?
0: Yeah, so, so um, and thank you for your example. Um, and uh, there's, there's definitely one type of bias. Um, so the different types of biases, there are so many. I'm only going to mention a few, but there are so many. Just, you know, you can you can all look these up on the internet. Huh? Um, so uh, one, of the, one is a, a funny one. I think it's called halo and horn, you know. The halo mm-hmm. is... is, is uh, over an angel's head. So halo right. and a horn are short for positive or negative first impressions. So halo around the head, the, part, the person who can't put a foot wrong, OK? You see them mm-hmm. and you think, OK, whatever he does, whatever he says, whatever they say is going to be OK. And the horns, they can't do anything right. And we have this opinion about some people in our lives that whatever they say or do is going to be wrong. Um, and so you, you've heard of negative feedback from someone who's just been transferred to your team well, you're going to, you're likely going to consider them negatively before they even introduce themselves. You don't know mm-hmm. them, but you've heard negative feedback. You're going to see them with a horn, unless mm-hmm. you check yourself. Right. Unless um, you check yourself. Unless you check yourself. So, mm-hmm. halo and horns. The first one, affinity bias. This is so common. Mm-hmm. Favorite people who share the same social background, the same school as you, the same, sometimes even the same village, eh? who look or mm-hmm. sound like one of us. Um, and, uh, and I'm talking, you know, both, uh, when I'm talking about kind of education is talking about both initial and of course, higher education in France. And I have this expression, you know, something about recruiting clones. Um, yeah. And that's how we, a lot of us build our networks and, and how we, um, how we make recommendations. So, so sometimes regardless of the talents of the skills and talents of the people who we're talking about, you know, we ignore their faults the people we like and we notice Mm. the faults of the people we don't and we're just you know that's our affinity because we like those people so that's Mm -hmm. something that we all do we've got to be careful of that gender bias you gave a beautiful example and that is exactly that and men suffer from it as much as women Mm. you know absolutely Absolutely. yeah um confirmation bias okay so that's that's kind of the, the the fourth one that i meant want to mention um Noticing or looking for evidence which confirms our ideas, good or bad, and reinforces our our original point of view. Um, I'm going to admit a bias, okay? I have a natural bias Mm -hmm. to someone who speaks another language, okay? Why Mm -hmm. do I have a positive natural bias to someone who speaks another language? Because I'm projecting myself, and I think that they may have the same passion for diversity and inclusion as I have. Mm. <laughs> but, but that is so wrong how do I know that you know this is all yeah. about projecting and making things up and dreaming things up in my head um, so that's for the right. fourth one that's called confirmation bias uh, and maybe the one last one is that okay Yeah. so social comparison bias um, I have a feeling or a dislike of dislike or competitiveness with someone or a group of people that are seen as physically or mentally better than you or not quite so good, Mm. or not quite so good. So do you have an example for that, Sandra?
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I can definitely relate to that. Um, But there's also something I I wanted to share that I, I noticed a while ago and that I found interesting in reversing the bias. Mm. So, so on, on LinkedIn, I, one of the people I follow is a woman who specializes in all things um, related to blockchain, mm-hmm. um, and she does a really fantastic job of making um, a, a topic that's potentially pretty complex um, much yeah. easier to grasp. And so, one day I was reading an article mentioning another blockchain expert, you know, with a foreign name, so I couldn't tell if it was a man or a woman, and I caught myself picturing that person as a woman. Because in my mind, blockchain is associated with this woman I follow on LinkedIn. And that really got me thinking, you know, back to the example also on Playmobil about the power of role models and um, how important it is to display diversity in a very conscious way to train, you know, to to hardwire our, our minds differently. Do you have an example to share, a similar, something similar that you've experienced, Roman? Yeah, um, this is going to be a little bit of
0: vulnerability here, so bear with me. Um, yeah. So in the coaching world, we're generally competing with uh, other coaches for contracts. You probably know this. So for in the corporate mm-hmm. world, huh? so in other words, or even in the in the individual world, yeah, personal world, uh, we're introduced to to the person to be coached, um, to the coachee, in other words, that's that's what we call them, and. Mm-hmm. Um, It's generally not the HR manager who chooses the coach for a coaching contract. Um, And so I had, we have what we call these chemistry meetings with the coachee who then decides. And I had a chemistry meeting. I was up against two other coaches, a man and a woman. So there were three of us. Mm -hmm. The coachee was a woman. Okay. And the long and short of it is that I didn't get the job the man did. Okay. And guess what? This is horrendous. I was <laughs> it's true it's true I was reassured that it was the man
1: Listen reassured
0: yeah I was reassured why so what I, because I told myself that it made sense that he was a man because he was a man he had an edge over me this is horrendous and he was probably <laughs> he was probably a better coach than I and and you know wow. even saying this now three years later I kind of feel shame when I say that And, and um, I was also reassured because I thought, okay, so the coachie was a woman, it makes sense that she should have preferred to work with a man. Can you believe that? Mm. So when I came to realize that these two thoughts went through my head and that I felt okay about him being a man rather than a woman, it would have been even worse if it had been a woman, it would have been direct competition. It was a real shock to me. So, and I couldn't admit this for a whole year and now I'm happy to, to talk about it. I'm happy to own it um, and I'm happy to show my vulnerability actually, yeah.
1: Mm, and I, I, it's funny cause I, I remember, I distinctly remember when that happened to you cause we were working together on a project yeah. and, um, and how upset you were. And it seems that you were even more upset from your reaction, by your reaction than you were of not getting the job. Yes. Because, <laughs> because despite everything that you know, and the values that are that are very dear to you, um, you had made that assumption that because he was the man, he was probably more capable than you were of, of of completing the job. Um, I had a similar experience of, of realizing my own biases. Have you ever taken the project implicit test developed yes. by um, researchers mm-hmm. at Harvard? So, that, so for listeners, there's um, researchers at Harvard that developed this test that's called the Project Implicit Test, and they um, there's several tests on attributes such as gender, age, race, weight, country, lots of them. And I took the test on gender, you know, figuring that with everything that I knew and, and what a fierce advocate I am for gender diversity, I, I would have... You know, very little bias, but I, I was totally wrong, and it really upset me too. So I, I would definitely encourage listeners to go take that test because it's it's pretty eye opening. It's pretty it eye opening. It is. You're right. Yeah. Um. So that being said, could you detail the impact of bias itself at home and at work? Yeah.
0: So so um so our, our bias takes us to strange places, and it does result in a lack of diversity in our relationships, in our networks, in our teams. Um, it sometimes Results in discomfort and fear in public transport, okay? Um, mm-hmm. It results in uh, the comfort of being with those who are like us. That's an expression in English, which is birds mm-hmm. of a feather flock together. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it, 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 uh, it also takes us to a place of lack of motivation and disengagement of the marginalized person. You, mm-hmm. you, you, feel, you feel the odd one out. You feel like a square peg in a round hole. I love that expression. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and it makes me think of my daughters. It reminds me of my daughters when we first arrived in France in a small village school uh, after having been in London for seven years. And they really felt like a square peg in a round hole. And they were the only ones when they arrived in this village school to speak English. Mm-hmm. There was, in terms of diversity, there was only one person of color in the class and they were stigmatized from day day one. And for my eldest daughter, who was older by the time we arrived in Paris and she went to Lycée, she said on her first day back, it it felt like coming home, mum. So from her first day in Lycée Mm. in Paris, okay, we had never lived here, everything had changed in her world. And she said, it feels like coming home. Mm. And they, they attended a very mixed public state school with international sections in Paris. So there we go. That's my
1: little story. <laughs> to wrap up, could you give us some concrete tips on on things to look out for? On ways to maybe tone down system one thinking and give priority to system two thinking.
0: Yeah. Uh yeah, just a few tips. And and then it's for us to to actually implement and take them out there and do things with them because you don't learn to swim in a book as one of my dear colleagues That's,
1: says.
0: Yeah. So yeah. You have to <laughs> um, test them. Yeah. So, uh, so it's hard to avoid unconscious bias. Huh? Systems one thinking is going on all the time, and systems two thinking, which can help, isn't quite, uh, isn't quick to come on board to the rescue and and uh, and to keep things in check. So, given all of that, here are some ideas for ways to try to avoid bias. Uh, we recognize we all have bias, so awareness is so precious. Uh, and Arnold Mindell, who's an American author, therapist, and a fabulous teacher, who said. Harmony is a wonderful thing, but not half as powerful as awareness. Mm. So that basically means that if you are aware of conflict, it is already more powerful than the harmony that hides potential conflict. Yeah, that's Um, interesting. So recognize we have bias. Awareness is key. Stop and think. Question our first impressions. Challenge, Challenge our negative assumptions and stereotypes. And discuss these differences, okay? Put them out on the table and talk about them um ensure everyone is heard that's another thing in your family in your partnerships in your team even those who never say anything give a voice to every little you know mm-hmm. other voice in the system find other ways for people to be able to express themselves be creative um Seek difference, too. Research has shown that difference or variety, if you like, in a team or in a partnership, um, supports healthier relationships and better performance, yeah. Seek Mm -hmm. difference in a team, and in a partnership, you will have better performance. You will have healthier performance. Um, Be open to feedback and don't take it too personally. Don't take it from a place of ego. Check yourself. Say if somebody says something to you, gives you some negative feedback between brackets, what if there were... What if there were 2% truth in that feedback, okay? And just that 2% truth just takes the edge off it. Mm. Um, Seek positive examples and role models. Don't be too hard on yourself. That's really, really important. You know, the, the emotional impact makes bias more likely. So don't be too hard on yourself. And more than anything, have fun. That's what I want to say. Have fun
1: when you're thinking about bias and checking yourself and looking for diversity. And yeah, mm, thank you so much. I I'm sure this episode is has really got listeners che- checking their behavior. Um, and we're almost at the time of our final episode in which we'll be talking about change, which is a really mm-hmm. great way to close this season. So I can't wait. Thank you so much.
0: Yeah, and this will be particularly important. The subject of change will be particularly Mm -hmm. important in the context of the pandemic uh, that we're going through right now and change uh, in our lives and what that means to us all and and what's looking to happen. So Mm -hmm. thank you all for listening. Thank you, Sandra, for you, your questions, your time. And listeners, it's now over to you.
1: Thank you. You are listening to
0: My Inspiration, an Orange Podcast.